All right, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Gray Dog Guitars, located at 141 North Cortez Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Gray Dog Guitars is an authorized tailor, Gretsch, Guild, and Reverend dealer with a friendly, knowledgeable staff and a welcoming environment. Whatever you are looking for, whether to buy, sell, or trade, Gray Dog Guitars has you covered. So stop by today and check out their great selection of new, used, and vintage gear and check them out at www.graydogguitars.com. to the Creative Convergence, an audible nexus of the creative arts. I'm your host, Candace Devine. Join me in conversation as we discuss the journey creatives take on their path to success. And we're back for another Creative Convergence podcast with a very special and dear friend of a guest, Dylan Ludwig. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dylan Ludwig is a producer and songwriter based out of Prescott, Arizona. Ludwig honed his skills making bedroom recordings and eventually formed and fronted various groups such as Shady Grass, the Barrio Ramblers, and Fallen Arrows, as well as performing solo throughout the state of Arizona. He is the manager and head engineer and producer at Raven Sound Studio and has worked with artists like Ponderosa Grove, Ben Dickey, Decker, Blank Tapes, Reed Turchi, and Candace Devine. Hey, I know her. His self-produced debut single, Days Go By, is a bouncy, Beatles-esque tune, jam-packed with fuzzy guitars, mellotron, vocal harmonies, and a horn section, very reminiscent of the classic sounds of the 60s and 70s. In 2019, Ludwig released Streetwise, a high-energy album of instrumental indie blues riff rock for the music library Endgame that has garnered him multiple commercial and television placements while also showing his ability to branch out into different genres of music. If you'd like to learn more about Dylan Ludwig and Raven Sound Studio, please see our show notes for links to the social media accounts and website. Hey, everybody, we are back for another Creative Convergence podcast, and today is actually a very special, special episode for a number of reasons. One, my guest is the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, the man behind the sounds, um, Dylan Ludwig. Dylan Ludwig is the uh, lead producer and engineer here at Raven Sound Studio. He's also a partner in crime with me in all things further west. Um, he is also the producer of the Ponderosa Grove recent release, the debut. Um, and he is a wonderful human being and he is here with his pup, Gertie, who's absolutely incredible. <laughs> um, and it's also a special day because you get man voice Candace because I've just gotten back from being on the road. So you're getting all these special things in one sitting. It is also the most comfortable podcast I have ever done because <laughs> we are in studio, but sitting on the couch, which I love. Can we do them all this way? Yeah. I figured it'd be a little more, uh casual and yeah normal if we were just hanging out on the couch yeah and now we get to dive into you which i love because you oh don't boy. always talk about yourself yeah it's not my favorite thing to do <laughs> <laughs> but now i finally get to make you <clears throat> I, this has been in the works for a long time i've been asking dylan for quite a number of months to be a guest and he somehow always manages to just like shuffle it off just by a hair <laughs> so this time i i was able to pin him down so let's let's do uh let's do the deal dylan where were you born i know i can almost do the podcast without you asking i know you could <laughs> you could just go on a whole monologue where were you born what was your childhood like tell me about your family do you have siblings i need to know everything baby dylan dylan yes. bean um i was born in uh long island on long island new york mm -hmm. new york Grew up in a town called Lindenhurst, next to the Seven uh, Eleven on Sunrise <laughs> Highway, and uh, signature Seven Eleven. Yeah, it was great. We used to get the buttered rolls Seven Eleven. Amazing. Um, yeah, so grew up in New York. Um, family. Family. Both my parents are artistic. My mom is a picture framer and just kind of dabbles in all kinds of art. She's amazing. Yes, she is. She's Very amazing. She, I feel like she is artistically driven in a number of ways. Yeah, she's she's all over the place in yeah. the art, art scene, and um, yeah, just does super creative, and yeah. super great at what she does. Your and dad, my dad, um, 
worked in the film industry in New York, and he uh, worked on a lot of Hal Hartley's early films, Mm -hmm. and he was a photographer and worked in photo labs and did all that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, the art the art blood is in your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you have a sibling, two siblings. Yeah, I have a. Oh, that's right. Sorry, sorry, guys. Two siblings. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, I have a younger sister Emily and a younger brother Graham, mm-hmm. both artistic as well. My sister's a photographer. She just had a baby too. I know. Nephew Hunter. Little muggy. And my brother Graham is a glass blower. I did not know that. See, yeah. I do learn. This is why I'm glad you're my <laughs> guest because I'm going to learn things about you that I might think I know, but I know I don't know. I did not know he was a glass blower. Yeah, he's great. Um, How do I I buy things that he's blown? That sounds dirty, <laughs> but I don't mean it to sound dirty. Uh, he's got an Instagram page, and um, yeah. Okay, and, uh, I'll get on that after this episode. You know a guy who knows him, so I, yeah, convenient. Um, so as yeah. little Munchkins. You were the oldest. Were you uh, naturally a creative kid in your in your you know farthest back memories? I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as I can remember, my mom was very instrumental in making sure I was always we were doing projects and Crafty creating stuff creating and stuff. Cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, and uh, both my parents loved music. Neither of them they both had guitars and could can play a few chords, but you know, not musicians, but. They both very love music very much, so that I was always had a ton of music playing in the house. In the house, all what were kinds they? Of stuff. What were they listening to? I was going to say, what was kind of being put in your ears when you were little? Everything. I mean, tons of Frank Sinatra and Tony, yeah, Tony my Bennett. Guy. Yeah, Tony Bennett was really big. Um, well, you're all Italian too. Yeah, and my New my, York Italian. <laughs> yeah, so all that stuff. Um, lots of. Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Leonard Cohen, Bruce Springsteen. The greats. Uh, but also, like, my dad loved uh, Andrea Bocelli and mm. Pavarotti and opera and stuff. So that was playing. And also, my dad would listen to, like, 100 books on tape a week. So, like, those were always also playing. So it was, like, just, just literature and music yeah. kind of coming out of the airwaves all the time, which was really cool. It's awesome. So as a as a young <clears throat> munchkin like getting into school, were you kind of a shy kid? Were you an athlete? Were you um an outgoing, you know, S- US not USB, ASB class like I don't know what person. that means. <laughs> yeah, so associated uh, student yeah. body type. No, 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 what no, was no. your where what kind uh, of lanes did kind you of fall into? A little bit of everything. I wasn't the most outgoing kid. I was kind of shy, but I did play sports. And I was in band, and I was in all the art classes. What drew you to band initially? I started playing clarinet when I was in fourth grade. Really? Um, so yeah, I was in. How'd high... you pick that one? I don't know. There's just like they, they, <laughs> they're all here. The music teachers come into this your elementary school one day and like, what instrument you want to play? And I remember like, for some reason, the two choices for me were clarinet or cello, and I decided to go with clarinet. Hey, listen, I give you a lot of credit for having the logic. It's a lot less to carry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really remember what the reasoning was. I think it was because I remember, I can't remember if it came before or after that moment, but I had a Benny Goodman CD. My oh. dad got me and I was like, well, that's that's pretty cool stuff. So yeah. give that a shot. And then in high school, I wound up switching to bass clarinet, which was also really fun and different. So you kept up with the instrument. Yeah, I played all through high school, marching band. Can you still play it now? I can. I haven't in a while. I just actually... Uh, Again, another tidbit of information. Yeah. I had no idea. I just got a, a friend of mine just gave me a mouthpiece for the clarinet that I have so I can actually start playing it. Pick it up and, and yeah. practice. That's awesome. Maybe I need a clarinet on my next album. I know. My chop's probably pretty rusty, but... yeah. <laughs> So how long did you, because I, I know that at some point you guys moved, but so in your New York lifespan, how long were you there? Till what age? I lived in New York until I was like 12, almost 13. Oh, so like junior high. Yeah, we moved here in 2000 and I started sixth grade. Yeah. Mile high middle school. Yeah. Now, when the move presented itself... Was this something of joy and oh rapture and sunshine and star kisses? Or were you like, why in God's green earth are you taking me 
to somewhere in Arizona. <laughs> how did that come yeah, about it was from a little, the family perspective? Like, how did that happen? It was a little weird, but I think I remember being excited about it. You know, I thought I was going to be a, a cowboy and like have a horse <laughs> and all that stuff. And, you can borrow one of mine. Yeah. Um, it came about by both my parents separately. They were friends in high school before they before they, they got married. Before and they together after, after yeah. high school. They were just good friends and stuff. Um, my dad was friends with my mom's twin brother. And uh, they... My mom had hitchhiked out here and just like gotten off here. She is so ended up Ended up here and met her best friend here and wound up staying. And then my dad was traveling with one of his friends and stopped here and met up with her and... They liked it. So were they, not, were they not together? No, at this they were point? just friends, and you know they weren't. Really when did when did they separate? When did they separate? Well, because I'm I'm just confused. They weren't the together. Like they had they weren't. Um, they were friends, but they weren't dating or married yet. They were just acquaintances. Oh, so this is preliminary. This is before this is family like in and the kids. S- the seventies. Got it. Yeah. Okay, that's where I was confused. I was like, so yeah. wait a minute. The three of you are at home, and your mom's hitchhiking cross yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. She was just like, no, no, see no, you guys. Yeah, like, yeah she's no. like, I'm gonna go on a trip. I'll see you. When no, I no, see no. You. Yeah. So, so like right <laughs> well, out of high school, the story right out, as far as I can remember, right out of high school, my mom's neighbors were driving to California, and she just kind of okay. got in the car with them. Now I understand. And. Uh, got it. Um, got off here and liked it. And then my dad came and met her just to, you know, be homies. He was, yeah. he was doing the same thing as driving around. Um, and they liked it. And then whatever started, went back to New York and eventually got together and started life there. And then, uh, they just kind of decided they wanted to give it a shot, I guess. Yeah. And they always wanted to come back and they liked it. And, um, I remember around that time though, there was a lot of death in the family, like, both my grand, three of my grandparents died, and my uncle oh, wow. and one of their friends. It was just like a bad couple of years, and I think they just wanted to change. And yeah, but uh, yeah, so we moved out here, and it's just something new. It was like, yeah, it was very much just like let's just go. Yeah, and uh, my brother and sister were super young. So. I can't speak for your for your mom, and she will obviously. I will see her at some point, so she can if she listens to this, she can be like, let me tell you the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would imagine with the loss of parents and things, at some point. You know, you you do kind of go, well, I have nobody to be taken care of or yeah. worried about if we're going to make a move like this now is uh, yeah. an appropriate time to give it a shot. So they they packed up the three of you. And did you all drive cross country? Did you fly uh, out here? We all flew and then my dad met us. He drove a truck with all, their, all stuff. of our stuff. Yeah. And I mean, you were what, 12, 11? I was 12. So you probably have a good memory when you landed in Prescott, Arizona. I mean, were you like, what? I remember the, the, when we pulled in, you won't remember this, you didn't live here then, but uh, it stopped like that year, the next year. We pulled in on like 4th of July weekend and Press used to have water wars downtown. I've heard about the legendary water wars. And like we pulled into town and like there's like everyone was in pickup trucks throwing water balloons and water guns and it was like, whoa. We should bring that back. Yeah, I know. It sounds fun. It does sound fun. So you, when you arrived, you were like, this place is crazy. They're, yeah. they're all outside throwing water balloons yeah. at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and and where did you land? Because now that I know Prescott, like what part of town were you guys in? We moved. We've moved a lot. Within in, Prescott. Within Prescott. Uh, we first moved. We uh, we lived with the, uh, my mom's friend who she yeah. knew here. We lived in their downstairs kind of apartment type thing for a few months until we found a place right moved a lot we lived on like four houses on willow street and like uh yavapai hills over by flynn park like all over the place yeah Yeah. we moved a lot all all over prescott it was cool so you jump into a new school Mm -hmm. do you immediately join band how did you yeah i definitely joined band um i was always part my parents always like made sure that I was like part of things. Stuff. So like yeah. <laughs> I was in band. I was uh I didn't play a lot of school sports, but I played city sports. I played baseball. Yeah. Um so I did that and I was also in Boy Scouts. Yeah. So I was pretty into that too. So which out here I would imagine is awesome because we have so many woods and yeah lakes people and, always yeah. uh people always laugh when I say I was a Boy Scout up until my senior year in high school, but it's like, you know, we did so much cool stuff and it wasn't like 
the cheesy like no you're doing, not like yeah, sitting around like, a mirror doing no, like we had a, a really reflection cool, ceremony yeah, no, it was like we had a really <laughs> cool group of kids and the the older guys and the adults were super cool and like we just went on really great camping trips like yeah every other week like it was pretty awesome camping and hiking was a pretty big part of my young younger life yeah how was music at that time in your life what were you listening to and <clears throat> what was kind of happening in your mind musically oh god whatever i was listening to back in <laughs> oh, those <God>. days <laughs> i don't know that like my younger years listening to music, I kind of just listened to whatever people gave me and like yeah. what was on the radio. I didn't like have a strong sense of what I liked. I just knew I liked most Well, to most be music. fair to you, yeah. in that general era of our general generation, the internet was not what it is now. Yeah. That is so, what you listened to. I mean, you know, you were whatever was on top 40 radio was the thing we all went out and bought. But I remember, uh, you know. My uncle gave me a Dookie Green Day CD <laughs> yeah. when I was like 11 or 12, and I was pretty into that. And um, the Chili Peppers, I was kind of into those guys when I was younger. But pretty much like as soon as I got into, like I got a guitar, then I was like. How did that happen? Both my parents had them, and they were just always around. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and they there was a Bob Dylan songbook in one of them, and that's how I taught myself how to play. Yeah. And that's when I, my dad realized I was into it, so he started feeding me stuff to listen to, and um, yeah, that's when it all started. That's That was the real beginning. Yeah. Too. Like, I always loved music and, like, playing in band and, like, being in a band and stuff, and but until like I figured out that you could just like kind of teach yourself how to play a song and then you could make up your own words to it. Yeah. Pretty easily. So then all it's of a sudden like, you were like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you do with that information? You stayed with the clarinet, but were you yeah, I still, were you I one kept, of those kids that was like, Oh, I should be be in a band or start a band? Or was it kind of just a personal Yeah, no, I I pretty much tried always still <laughs> always yeah. trying to start a band. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, but yeah, as soon as I was able to like understand a couple chords, like I, you know, tried to find a couple other people that could understand a couple chords too. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, just learned a lot of Bob Dylan songs, a lot of Neil Young songs, Leonard Cohen stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, it made me want to, you know, the songwriting and the guitar playing came at the same time it wasn't like i wanted to be a guitar player or a songwriter right. it was very much the either the one doesn't come without the other kind right. of for me so yeah so when you were in high school and i you you know this because we you listen to all these podcasts did the discussion of college come up? Was it something that you thought about? Had you even, had you entertained something like, I'll go to a music school or a community college? Or was it kind of like, oh, I'm approaching graduation, time to go out into the world? How did that transformative kind of yeah, era happen um, for you? Yeah, I was interested in college, um, but couldn't really afford to go, you know, to a university. And I wasn't a bad student, but, like, my grades weren't really yeah. anything that were going to get me a scholarship based on academics. Right. Um, you know, I wanted to go to NYU and try film like my dad, and then I wanted to uh, go to music school. And then way later, I thought about going to recording school. And I don't know. Every time I, like, came down to, like, doing it i was like you know i feel like i can just do better on my own yeah 
I don't know if that's true. Well, I I mean, I think that's the whole point of what we talk about is that there's really no wrong or right. And there's really no one way to do anything. Yeah. You know, so I think especially if you're in a position where you might have limited resources or the expense of something feels overwhelming or do I want to take on this burden of debt? You know, all of those things. At some point you go, well, by this point in my life, the Internet has been created and there are ways to seek out this knowledge and learn these things. I mean, I feel like that's a really reasonable. Yeah. But I mean, I do think there's an element, a really reasonable element to to finding a way of becoming self-taught. Which is, so that's why I asked, because, so when you graduated high school, what were your kind of next steps leaning into adulthood? Where did you go? What jobs were you working? Um, it's Prescott. So I was working in a pizza place, and then I worked at um, the Raven Cafe. Mm-hmm. And you had also, at this point, also met Chelsea, right? Uh, were you guys dating yet or not yet? No, this is a little before we started dating. Yeah. I'm going to get real um, not accurate on dates <laughs> and uh, when <laughs> timelines of things back. because uh, – <laughs> Come back and bite you. Yeah, it's not a, it's not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's going to be like, I listened to that podcast. You got that entirely wrong. Yeah. Um, She's kind of the same way though. If she, she, I had to remind her it was her anniversary the other day. So. <laughs> oh, happy anniversary. <laughs> um, actually, I think I saw that on Instagram. Um no, the reason I ask because I think one of the most am- amazing things about an artist's journey or a creator's journey are also the happenstance of when you're putting things out there in the environments you're in and you're starting to talk out loud and and different people listen and different things happen because you didn't just magically become the you know a studio guy that you are. People, you you obviously grew some yeah. interest in this, right? Like, so- yeah, I mean, I. Um- also kind of came hand in hand with um, learning the guitar was I had a uh, old just whatever it's really cheap old cassette thing with some blank cassette tapes and yeah would just record myself you know yeah. blowing in the wind and uh, I would love know. to hear those. <laughs> yeah. I don't have those things anymore <laughs> but um, I'm also that's something I'm really b- terrible with is that like. I destroy all my own stuff after a while. What? If I don't like it, I'm just like, I don't like this. So okay, just, we're like, gonna we're gonna. <laughs> if you're hearing it first, right here. We're changing that habit. Yeah, you're just gonna put it on a hard drive and send it to me. Yeah, and I'll put it in a drawer somewhere so you never have to see it again. But then when that many years later comes and you think, oh, I used to do that, I can go here. You go. You can go back and listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll make that happen. We're gonna just listen rearrange and just, that like, sentiment. Cringe and- Want to die? <laughs> <laughs> you're not that morbid, Dylan. Yeah. Um, so you're in Prescott. You're working in restaurants, which so many young people do. Um, did you at any point at this time in your life have a thought of like, maybe I should get out of here? Did that cross your mind or were you happy in Prescott? Yes. No. Like I literally every person I know and every, <laughs> you know take a look around everything was kind of like get out of here yeah but i always kind of just really liked it here maybe it comes from moving from new york and yeah. kind of starting over here again and like not moving so much while i was here and it's like yeah you just were like not I'm, wanting to start over all the time but yeah i don't know i felt I'm like good. i could just make things work for me here yeah like um i love that though and i remember being like at a sh- at a show, um, this place called the Catalyst that used to have shows um, over on McCormick Street it was like a little. Uh, Is it what the, where the the Big Easy was? Like yeah, that? Okay. yeah, that place. It's it was yeah. like a anarchist info shop bookstore <laughs> where you can go and get like free meals and anarchist. I love this town. propaganda and all this kind of stuff. I love it here. Um, <laughs> But they had shows all the time, and I just remember thinking, man, it's like, it's really cool, but it was like super unorganized, and like the scene changed, like nobody was really in charge of anything ever, and like, I just remember thinking like, man, if someone just like stuck around and kind of like- Helped shape it. Helped shape this stuff, then something could maybe start to happen eventually. Yeah. And not that like I'm the person that did, does that or anything, but like I- But you were like, I'm, like that's I'm, commi- like my, I'm committing to yeah, my hometown. That, that's like my niche in this musical community. Yeah. At least I 
thought how I think about it. You didn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, um, everything kind of led to, you know, working in the cafe was a whole schooling and all kinds of things on its own. You know, I worked there for eight years. Yeah. That's business training. Yeah. And, you know, I got to work in a kitchen with some really cool guys that really took me under their wing and showed me a lot of stuff about cooking. By the way, Dylan is a great cook, (laughs) a really, really good cook. He also makes Dylan sauce (laughs) that I have yet to get, which was supposed (laughs) to be my Christmas present, I think, last year. So everybody listening, cross your fingers that maybe by Christmas this year. You have a saucy surprise. (laughs) (laughs) It always sounds dirty, but it's delicious. So good. It's actually vinegar. It's not. I guess it's a sauce, but it's just vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. But it's with all the stuff you put in it. Yeah. And he marinates it for a long time, and then it's the best thing ever. But I I wouldn't totally know because I've never gotten any. But (laughs) that's that's a total aside, neither here nor there. Anyway, so you were, yeah, you're in the kitchen. And I know that at that time you were also um, within the kitchen and the Raven Cafe in general. It was kind of the, at the time, at that specific time, the draw for young artists and musicians. Yeah, back and, then they were, yeah. they were booking a lot of bands, a lot of touring bands, um, big, like crazy, like big, loud rock bands that you wouldn't expect to see there that they have like yeah. today, but because back and back then it was smaller like the kitchen was half the size and it was just like this little bit smaller place and it kind of had this a lot looser of a vibe and yeah um but yeah so I learned a lot about cooking but then you know uh Ben Dickey was one of the chefs he's great he's been a guest on the podcast yeah and he's an amazing chef and um amazing musician and kind of also also a fantastic of a, actor yeah an actor <laughs> Um, As it turns out. <laughs> yeah, and he was somewhat of a mentor to me a little bit. And um, between him and, uh, you know, I was young. That Back then, they only you had to be 21 to come to the shows at night. Oh. Because they did 21 and up. Yeah. And uh, But Newt would always let me come in and sit upstairs and watch the bands. What a guy. Yeah. Love that fella. Um. So, yeah, that's how I, that's when I realized that, like, I really wanted to, to, like, I mean, I was already have had a band and doing stuff, but, like, that's when I, like. Really got just inspired. Really, yeah, really got inspired. And um, Ben and my friend Adam, who I met through Ben and Newt, um, who went on to become one of my drummers, and we had a few bands together. He, every time we had band practice, he would have a stack of burning the CDs for me. And like, that was my homework. Was, was like, go, go listen to this. All this stuff. So, um, I ended up like, you know, uh, with like yourself. a binder, yeah. a binder of CDs of just like all the best stuff. And, um, and also like the, towards the, towards the end of my, me working at the Raven, I was just kind of working downstairs where the prep kitchen is. And I was just down there by myself, kind of just doing all the prep work and not running the line anymore. Cause I was kind of overdoing that. Yeah. So I was making all the specials and doing all the prep work and making the soups and stuff. I had the whole basement to myself. So I went to the Salvation Army and bought like eight speakers. That's amazing. And I just put surround sound down there and just like, Listen. it was right when like Spotify was starting to get really, you know, everyone was on there. Yeah. So like, it's like, I'm going to listen to, like, I just pick a band and I just listen to their entire discography or, like, just while well, I was chopping vegetables yeah. and stuff. So, But it's much of what you said earlier. I mean, it really is an education. You know, if you go yeah, to a listen, music school, like I, they, they make you sit there and listen to all kinds of stuff, too. So you were just putting it in, in your own time. Yeah. yeah. I uh, really like listening. Yeah. Like listening and so how did that hit you as far as the two that's a fan well done dylan that's a fantastic (laughs) transition okay everyone today's episode was recorded at and brought to you by raven sound studio in historic downtown prescott arizona raven sound studio is a professionally equipped audio production facility offering recording mixing and mastering services throughout northern arizona and surrounding areas Whether you are looking to cut a demo, record your next single, or have a full album produced, Raven Sound Studio has the tools and skills you need to get the job done. For more information, head to www.ravensoundstudio.com. 
Bluenile.com to book a session or schedule a tour. You do have incredible ears and you do like listening. Where, um, when did you start to pique the interest to the concept of production and engineering and sound waves and learning this end of uh, the music spectrum? Because it's one thing to learn an instrument and have bands. That's awesome. It's a blast. Everybody loves it. But there's a whole different talent to producing and engineering and modifying music and the technology of music. Yeah. Um, well, it kind of started, like I said, I had a little tape recorder at home. And then eventually I bought like a, a um, digital eight-track recorder and I started messing with overdubs and all that kind of thing and multi-tracks. And then uh, right out of high school, um, my mom had her previous, she had a frame shop and half of the, she split half of it with an artist and that person moved out. And she asked if I wanted to have that be in like my music room or whatever. So I put together a little small, basically just personal practice studio room and a band would practice there. And eventually my mom moved her business somewhere else. So I took over the whole space and a couple other bands moved in and we had practice space and I would um, record, record some bands and local other local bands and stuff and just super low budget, just makeshift DIY situation. Yeah. Just nothing fancy. I got lucky at a friend, uh, John Valentine, shout out to John, if you're listening. Mm -hmm. Um, he gave me a pro tools rig that he, he had. It's one of those guys that just had an extra pro tools rig at high school at that point. (laughs) And, uh, so I just like, have just learned how to use it and, just stuck with it and then you know kept growing kept growing and then one day the uh ty the owner of the cafe i was like i knew he had some other projects going on i kind of just had lunch with him and i was like you know i've been working in this kitchen for a long long time. time like i would like i'd really like to do something else and he's uh um he mentioned that this building that we're in here, the the marina building, um, he had just bought it, and there was some space, and we could potentially put a studio in here. So I was like, "Yeah, that sounds way better than yeah. <laughs> working in the kitchen." <laughs> than what I'm working with, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's do that. But before that happened, uh, we also, me and my friend Addison, started the guitar store, Grey Dog yeah. Guitars, and uh, that kind of happened like. This building wasn't totally ready for me to start the studio with. So in the meantime, it's like, let's open a guitar store as well. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And then uh, me and my friend Addison got together and put the store together. And, and Grey Dog is still very much around and it has grown yeah, immensely. Yeah, it's growing and, and they're working on a new space and yeah, all kinds of new incredible. stuff. So really excited about what's happening over there too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then eventually this space became uh available and we started building it out so it was really cool i got to experience putting a studio together from from the ground up Um, at this point knowing and i'm just curious because i've had pretty good insight into the way your brain works but knowing that you were gonna have a space and a studio could be developed at that point were you just diving down the rabbit hole of everything studio under the sun yeah, I that pretty you could much find didn't sleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> for the first couple of years and i'm still like it 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 created a uh, serious youtube addiction yeah <laughs> where it's like i can't stop watching Tech you know just trying to learn and, yeah. just trying to learn because we are in prescott and there's no uh there are no studio mentors right. around. There's right. no one to ask about anything. So um just kind of had to figure everything else on my own. And um it's been cool. It's been it's been a lot of work. But uh yeah, well, like kind of uh, for your, example, you've kind of gotten your masters in sound. For example, design and, and every single piece of equipment that you've seen here, all, huh. all this fancy stuff and all the microphones, all showed up in one day on a pallet, and I had never used any of it before. So it was like, first of all, it was like the best day ever. Yeah, you're like, Christmas. But then I was like, okay, like, I'm the one in charge of all this shit. Like, I had to figure out how to use it. Like, Yeah, then you, then so, you quickly 
figure out you need to learn all the Yeah, <laughs> so basically just, I mean, I'm still, like, every chance I get, I'm, like, trying to record, work on the drum sound or, you know, yeah. what's the better way to do bass or, like, what, just trying to always up the game, up the game and be better and stay yeah. on top well, of it. Well, you've clearly <clears throat> come an immensely long way from the day the palette arrived because this is an incredible studio. You run it incredibly well. You always get incredible sounds. Thank you, Candice. Um, it helps I, when I have amazing musicians like yourself. <laughs> it's to fun work when with. we all come in and we yeah. just get good stuff going. Um, when I and you know this already, but when I first moved to Prescott and I was still trying to figure out how to work, you know, sessions that I used to do. Sure. COVID has actually helped a lot in that way because there was a time when it was like, oh, if you're a singer, or this it's L.A., New York, Nashville, that's it. And my husband and I, as you very well know, chose Prescott to raise our family, and my parents were here. And then it became, how do I (laughs) (laughs) keep my living alive, living in Prescott? And I was like, Prescott Music Studios, you know, everywhere else I had been, it was like, there's 20. Yeah. And it was like, there is one. Yeah. (laughs) And I was so um, overwhelmingly surprised when I walked in and I was like, oh, like, this is real deal. We're good. We are good. Top level stuff all the way through. And you had all the expertise that I have ever needed. So yeah, it's been good from the first moment I set, met you. But um, in that process of learning all of this stuff you were acquiring and and getting to build this business, did you ever have um, moments of like, oh, why didn't I just like keep a band and like, like have you ever yeah, feared your own day. decisions? <laughs> <laughs> every second of my life. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, Prescott's great, but there are some limits to what can, I feel we're like trying that's to change, change. we're just changing a changing. lot, especially just like recently, everything seems to be changing a lot, but, you know, uh, I just wish I would have gotten traveled a little bit more, or just like every band that I've had has kind of fallen apart. At the moment of like, okay, we just recorded and we're getting good gigs. And, and now like, I don't have and a band now, anymore. And now I have no band. Like yeah. pretty much every single project I've started. Yeah. And I put a lot, like I feel like basically since high school up until I started this studio, I was just like kept getting to that point of like, all right. Right. The next steps to go on the road. Right. And then it just didn't happen. So. Yeah. Um, Why do you think that is? I don't. Do you? No. I mean, do you think it's it's combinations of people? Yeah, it's combinations it's, of people, and it's I don't know. Just timing, maybe timing. Yeah, and just uh, you know, also it costs money to go on the road, and nobody, you know, none of the the band members were in right. any situation to really like make that sacrifice. Make that yeah. sacrifice, and. Uh, but yeah, so I kind of that's that's also the reason why I just like went 110% into studio stuff. This is yeah. because if I'm going to put all the energy into something like I don't want it to be able to fall apart because of somebody else right. not wanting to do something. Right. right. Which makes sense. Yeah. And it's also filling a need. Yeah, and it's like I've always been like I've always been a you know, even when I first started writing songs, there are always productions in my mind and like it was always something that I felt like I wanted to do but then once I actually had the opportunity to do it for real and like you know well, try and, it and out also, you know I'm lucky all that knowledge has <laughs> I, mean, I, you I well. don't want I don't want anyone to think that I don't realize how incredibly lucky and rare of yeah. a situation I mean not you know yeah not no, everybody just gets a, a, a studio, studio right like, <laughs> So pallets but, of equipment showing up. Yeah. You know. But I would say I think another interesting thing is that in in that regard, the studio has served you well because you've also done incredible work for people that don't know. Dylan has put out a huge catalog of music that is often used in placements and in film and different ways yeah. that Yeah, I'm working on know. another one right now actually yeah. too. And uh so it's allowed you kind of gonna get into the sync world. Yeah, and that's that's like a whole another like it's creative, but it's like much more technical and like yeah, it's very specific what you need to write and yeah. how it needs to sound and how the songs need to be structured. So it's not 
the most creatively fulfilling thing in the world, but um, it's still fun. Yeah. And, but like I was just in there the other day, just like starting a new track for like a song that I wrote. That's like I consider one of my, you know one of my songs, not a sync. Yeah. Licensing commercial music and like I haven't done that in a long time, and it was such a like release. I was like, this is like I need to be doing this more because this is what fills the heart. Yeah, and this is yeah. like ultimately what the reason I started doing all this stuff. And it's like. Definitely since I started the studio, the recording of myself has God not bless. really yeah. happened very much. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to change that because it's good. Yeah. I basically ba- have, you know, I have, I have so much unrecorded material. That yeah. It's like, I just need to <laughs> get, get to it work. out. Yeah. Get it out. Well, and in the last, it, through COVID, a lot of, of interesting things have transpired as well because we started the live at the Raven Sound Studio. Yeah, we've definitely been busy doing all kinds of stuff, and which I, well, I'm, yeah. I'm only bringing that up because no, yeah, it's yeah. exciting to to bring in. We've had such a great response bringing in these other original bands to share this space, share the stage, work with you, get the experience. That I feel like it's starting to give this studio a notoriety that will hopefully, you know, allow some more space for you to have creative freedom as well, you know, yeah, within your own life because for sure, yeah. it's operating now in a way that has a little bit more direction perhaps, you know. Yeah, definitely. Instead that. of a small town studio, it's a studio drawing people from all over the country really. Yeah, and that's always been, you know, my goal because um especially when people do come from out of town, they're like this is so great like when people come from LA or from a bigger city they're like it's so cool to get out of the city and like be able to chill in this. Yeah, because we're in a really charming place. And this is why, to circle back, I'm glad you haven't left. Yeah. Because <laughs> it really did take somebody holding still going, it may not be right this minute, but this place has a lot to offer. And I'm going to be the person who sticks around to help it get there. You know, And it's yeah. starting to come to fruition with those efforts that you've put so graciously into play. Yeah, the... Uh, um yeah, the video series is something that uh, is really fun and I really think will help kind of uh, put the word out there a little bit about the studio and what we can do and what we can do with the production company. And Yeah. Um, you know, there's really, you know, there's really not a lot of things that we can't do. handle and I do. Know. Like we have the facilities and the capabilities. capabilities. And now that you've become a YouTube junkie over the last <laughs> however many you know, dozen years, this man is up to speed with any other working studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you offer you offer uh, a whole slew of knowledge now, which is incredible. That's why I ask about school in general, because there's no wrong or right way to gain that information. And with technology, you certainly have, um, you know, even in the time I've known you, I there's never, I've brought in quite a few people from all over the place and they walk in and they're like, wow, okay. Let's do yeah. this, you know, which is great. Um, may I ask you some questions I ask all my guests? Sure. You up for it? You ready? You already know them. Uh, yeah. Which ones am I going to get first? Let's see. Let's start with the having taken the journey you've had. Well, I, before I ask you this question, actually, we did skip over another section of your life, which is your beautiful wife. And also being, she's a Prescott native. Yeah, right? she's born and raised. So is her dad, and so yet another reason to stay. Yeah, very much. Know, a family's here. Family. Yeah. Yeah. And she's really cool because that family is very deeply entrenched in the history of Prescott. So they acquire all these incredible antiques. Yeah, they have an antique yeah, store. Yeah, cool antique store, and um, yeah, it's a great family and. Uh, yeah, Chelsea's great. She. Uh, you guys are kind of a backbone in the city, you know. I mean, you're you you are rooted here. Yeah, I mean, music, antiques, art, culture. Yeah, we do it all. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Chelsea's a a really great photographer and yeah, that all kinds too. of stuff. She you know she does photography, but she you know makes her own sets and makes masks and costumes yeah. and all kinds of stuff. It's really cool. So yeah, you guys are the quite the dynamic artistic couple. Yeah, it's really fun. So I wanted to just bring her up. <laughs> now I'll ask you the question. Okay. Having been on this journey that you have been on, being a child of New York, coming cross-country to the wild southern west, <laughs> embarking upon the north of the southern west into the pine trees and lakes of beautiful Prescott, 
and creating a life here and sticking around to watch it evolve and grow and manifest into a whole lot of awesome. What's one thing you would tell your younger self? Relax. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going <laughs> to say, if you don't have an answer, you know these questions are coming. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just, uh, I mean, yeah, just to maybe not take everything so seriously. It's kind of, I mean, not that I do really take everything so seriously, but. I think just, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> I mean, I do and I don't. Yeah. Try not to, but I do. Yeah. Um, Kind of maybe let it let it breathe a little without it being so stressful, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably, you know, I don't really regret anything. I don't yeah. like. To change yeah, I would it, tell my younger say. self just to, just to keep just to keep at it, just to keep doing what you feel like is the right thing to do. Yeah, and what you know served you well so far. Yeah. So I feel like that's a that's great advice to a younger person. If anybody's listening, you know, I mean, we definitely make our own journeys and paths, but you also don't want to be pulling out your hair the whole way through. So no. take a breath, take a breath, enjoy the ride. You know, that's how we get better at life. Enjoying it. Um, what would you say for you has been a career high and a career low and why? Um, career high, I guess. I don't know. I guess. Working with me? I yeah, mean, obviously. Obviously. I mean, that's. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is the fun part about interviewing your friends. You're like, duh. <laughs> I don't know. I think just, you know, just the fact that this is what I get to do, I think is, is cool enough. Yeah. Like, you know, um, you know, I don't have like any crazy accolades or like, you know. I think the fact that you somehow manifested and willed a studio into being and then turned it into a success in a town that is exponentially growing and getting recognition for its art is a pretty good career high. Yeah, so I would, I would say, you know. <laughs> I'll answer it for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah, definitely. That would be uh, the situation I'm in now is my career high. Yeah. What's been a career low? Uh, definitely all my bands break. I was going to say, just, every time your band breaks uh, yeah. up. <laughs> um, the last one in particular, Fallen Arrows, was uh, it was a really fun group, and we were so tight. Um, we had to practice a lot. What was just, the musical stylings? How would you describe it? Uh, it was definitely uh, more on the countryside, but kind of like uh, Flying Burrito Brothers. But I was trying to take it in a direction more towards like, 70s rock kind of mint like it basically if you mixed like the flying burrito brothers and big star the band big star like that was kind of the sound i was going for yeah and uh we were getting there we were writing some really cool songs and then just fizzled but such yeah, is life sometimes i feel like those out. things happen to open the doors to what's supposed to come next you know yeah that's the other like since i started the studio like there have been it's just oh, it, like it's just has felt more and more right. The more I, the deeper I get into it, and the yeah. more I like commit myself to it. it. Just more and more feels like the right thing for me. Yeah, I do really miss playing. I'd like to get a band back together soon. That also can be manifested, I um, would imagine. But, but yeah, yeah, there's room for both and yeah. for sure. Um, I I have another question for you, and I'm trying to think of what it is. I'm operating on very little sleep. That's all good. Yeah, you just got back from a big trip. Yes, but I'm still giving you my best because it always I always want to be present with my guests. But um, what's my last question, Dylan? What would I tell myself? I said that one. Now? Or no. The the oh, I know what it is. Oh my gosh! I apologize to everybody listening. I'm with it. I'm back. What would you say is your definition of success and has that word changed for you over the years or in any capacity? Yeah, I guess it has changed. I mean, I used to, you know, think success meant, uh, you know, for, for me, like getting a record deal and being paid to be on tour and being a rock star. Yeah. Um, 
But now it's just, you know, being happy and comfortable and healthy, healthy, (laughs) which is hard right now in these times. But, um, yeah, just to just be happy and healthy and, uh, can, to be able to do what, what you love to do. Like, um, Happy and healthy is one thing, but if you're, I don't think you can be happy if you can't do the thing you want to do. So I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, and again, it's, it's very immediate to say this, but I do think COVID, we all talk about this a lot. I do think it's given us all a moment of pause, extended pause to think about what really defines our success, our happiness, what's important, you know? And I think when you, are able to look around and go, I have a home. Yeah. You're a homeowner. I own a home. You know, I come to work in a place that I set up, I designed, it's my studio, and I love what I do. I know that, and I say this with an aside to those listening, I know that Dylan has also very patiently tolerated many a session that maybe is not always <laughs> easy on the ears. Yeah. Um, in a few. Because one thing I have now been privy to observing being in the studio quite often. Um, you know, whereas in, in previous chapters of my life, I've bounced around and been in all kinds of different studios, different places. But when you're in a place long enough to see all of the diverse capabilities, you, you do get to go, oh, wow, there are really, um, some immensely talented people. And then there are really some people that just have a dream. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe, maybe with not the same skill set to back it up. Um, uh, and regardless of who walks in the door and is using that studio time, you are here and present and ma- running those sessions and listening with the same ears, whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, that was one thing I learned very quickly is like, even if I'm not a fan of the music, you know, I still gotta be part, be of, the process. To be part of the process, but also yeah. like find some way to enjoy it and, you know. Find something about it that I do like, and that's what you know. So she cling to. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like you know, I gotta yeah. put myself in. Like I don't like this type of music. I don't like this song, but it's gotta put myself in their shoes. Like they love this, yeah, and they want it to be this type of thing. I just gotta get it there for them. But and, again, there's no such thing as any job anywhere, any position of anything in life where there are not the days where you're like, why? So yeah. it might as well be the job you want. You know, yeah, where exactly. where the good stuff outweighs those moments. And I do think that's being successful. I think when you can go home at night with a job well done and, and be have gratitude in the space in which you reside and look across the room at your stunning bride and, you know, have this cute little nugget Gertie with you. <laughs> She's been quiet. I know. It's because her auntie's here. And that's <laughs> just I'm providing peace. We're each other's uh, therapy. Yeah. She's my therapy dog. I'm your therapy human. Um, but you know, I do think that is success. I think that's something we've all been blessed to learn that there's more to than the dream rock star thing and, and the money and the touring, you know, the, the closer you get to people who do have that life. And I've been in the seat where I'm very lucky to know a handful of people that have that life. There's just as many drawbacks there too, behind the curtain, you know? Um, so having that gratitude for the happiness and the health and the, and the capability to do what you love is really kind of the premier spot. You're, you got a good thing going. Yeah, here. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very lucky in it. I, uh, <laughs> your dog almost fell off the couch. <laughs> <I saw that. laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very lucky to be in the situation that I'm in, and I'm very grateful for it. Well, if any of you want to know uh, what kind of solid, brilliant work Dylan Ludwig does, you can check out the Ponderosa Grove album. Shameless yeah. plug. It's on uh, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere. Nothing but stream. hits on that. Nothing right but hits. Fortunately, they're doing really well, so yeah. that's good. Um, and where is the website? Where should people be finding uh, you, be finding the studio? Sure, the yeah. Things? I'm on uh, just all things, Facebook, Instagram. It's Dylan Ludwig. Yeah. And then um, I'm on Spotify as well. I got an Apple Music and a couple songs out. And then you can find the studio... Uh, Instagram Raven Sound AZ, Facebook slash Raven Sound Studio, and then 
ravensoundstudio.com for the website. You can check out pictures and listen to some stuff, some videos. And, and then check also out all check the out gear the YouTube channel for yeah, the documentary. Definitely check out, uh, if you go to any of my pages or the Further West page or the studio page, you'll find links to the Further West YouTube channel, which has all the new videos from our video series that we're just, live, just live started. Live from Raven Sound yeah, Studio. Second video comes out this week. Yes. So very excited about that stuff. So definitely yeah. check it out. Check all that stuff out. Subscribe. And follow. if you're coming through and you want to be on the show, please hit us up and let us know because we booked these things out a couple months in advance. So for sure. Let us know when you're coming through. We've got some we've got some pretty fancy big folk coming through in the next couple months, which is very exciting. So yes, if you're if you're a, a band and you've been doing your thing and you feel like it's something we should be seeing, um, please come. Check it out. Check out everything Dylan just said. I will also say, um, out of this studio, we also have done a Christmas City special. And you also just released Days Gone By not that long ago with an incredible video. You should plug that, too, because that video is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I put a song out almost two years ago at this point. Days, really? Crazy the hell have time. I been? <laughs> yeah. You've been hustling. I've been busy. Uh, time so yeah, I put a song out and that was kind of like, I worked on that song way longer than I care to admit. And it was yeah. kind of like my, if I'm going to put a song out as a producer who has a studio now, like it's, I want it to be really cool. What you want it to be. Yeah. yeah. So I spent a lot of time on it. It's really elaborate production. And then I had my friend Matt Adams, who was just on the podcast, um, did a bunch of illustrations for me, and it's really cool. The video, uh, animated awesome. music video. Yeah, like I a, love it. Yeah, um, psychedelic so that, glory cartoon wonder. Yeah, it's really, it's really <laughs> fun. I was like, that so was like, to that the was Matt like, Adams yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, then go watch yeah. Dylan's video. <laughs> um, but that was like one of the first things where like I fully realized every single vision I had for that song. Like I wanted to sound like this and do this and look like this and. Um, yeah. And believe it or not, it's up to like almost 100 views on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the, if I, this is yeah. not a critique, but if there's one observation, promotion is not your strong yeah, suit. Yeah, no, like I said. I'm a, <laughs> That's why it took me so long when it comes to, myself, to have you be yeah, a guest yeah. on this podcast. When it comes to... What episode is this, by the way? Are we at 100 yet? It's like 95 or something. Oh. I was hoping I could be number, number 100. Well, why yet. didn't you tell me that? Well, we didn't have an option. I know. So everyone keeps canceling. And That's the other thing for future podcast guests. When you lock in a, a podcast, let's keep it. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a number of people reschedule, which I, I'm fine with. I'm not really giving shade, but uh, life happens and artists are busy. But we've had a number of people just in the last week that I normally you know, backlog these and, and uh, everybody's been very busy and had to reschedule. And so I was like, Dylan, today's the day. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad you obliged. And I'm so glad we got to do it in yeah, studio too. on the couch. Thanks for- uh... With Gertie. Um, I love this studio. I adore this man. He is brilliant at what he does. Please check him out on all the places. We will put his uh, links in our show notes. And as always, this has been a wonderful hang. Thank you for being my guest. Yeah, Candice, thanks for having me. I will be seeing you probably way sooner than you want to see me. But, yeah, you know, oh, <laughs> I um, I will see you very soon so we can turn this off now. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back with another one next week. See ya. Thanks. Alright everybody, today's episode is brought to you by The Raven Cafe, located at 142 North Cortez Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. I love this place. I eat there all the time, and let me tell you why. The Raven Cafe features a full, all-organic espresso bar and a wide variety of craft beers and wines. Their innovative menu is created with a focus on organic ingredients, many of which come from local sources. So head on over there. Enjoy a relaxing and comfortable environment decorated with rotating art shows by local and regional visual artists. And on the weekends, a lineup of the best in up-and-coming local music. You don't want to miss out on the Raven Cafe. It's absolutely one of my favorite spots in town. So head on over to ravencafe.com and order online or stop by to catch a happy hour on their beautiful rooftop patio.
Thank you for listening to The Creative Convergence, coming to you from Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Are you a professional in the arts and would like to share your story with us? Or a company that would like to advertise with us? Shoot us an email at contact at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Help support the arts by becoming a Raven Productions member. To get your perk card and be the first to know about all of our upcoming promotions, events, and online programming, your membership will directly support the arts programs in our schools. Sign up today at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Until next time, be safe and enjoy the journey.